0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com.
1: Get a free audiobook download at
0: www.audiblechild.com outnowpodcast. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your Android, iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Inferno.
1: Disco Inferno?
0: Burn, baby, burn. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe! Hi! Hello. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly, cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler or free review, and then jump back to other fun movie topics. This is episode 261, 261. I think that was a Billy Crystal movie, right? 61 is a Billy Crystal movie, yeah. <laughs> he didn't hit 261 home runs in a year? No, he did not. <laughs> that, that wasn't a thing.
1: <laughs> Must have been Sammy Sosa.
0: uh this week we're talking inferno the third chapter in the robert langdon film series starring tom hanks and being directed by ron howard
2: Uh, third and and final probably we'll see uh, the box office results
0: were not high this weekend for inferno (laughs) (laughs) and uh speaking of which joining us tonight to talk inferno we have from zaki's corner in the movie film podcast he's san francisco's leading symbologist it's zaki hassan
2: howdy 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 how you doing I'm doing very well, thanks. How about you guys?
0: Good, good to have you back.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me
0: for this this spooktacular out now with our United episode. This
1: this Halloween Eve, I'm also glad that we have San Francisco's leading symbologist on the
0: podcast. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah,
2: I'm I'm gratified to know that I'm considered that because that's that's a new thing for me, I guess. Well, you have made up you have made up professions.
0: You have made up professions. You just kind of you know randomly assign somebody in every city to that, so it works out. Uh, speaking of spooktacular podcast episodes, we um, have finished, <laughs> and I say that knowing that this episode drops a day after Halloween. But uh, we've we finished this. Uh, we we finished our uh, series of uh, horror themed episodes that we've been doing all through the month of October. We have five completely separate bonus episodes They all feature uh, myself, Brandon Peters, and occasionally Abe, and occasionally Jimmy O, and some other special guests talking about the different genres of horror, uh, where we talked about. Uh, we talked about slasher films, monster movies, found footage flicks, horror comedies, and lastly, zombie movies, and it was a lot of fun. It was uh, great to do those episodes. Abe, I think you had a lot of fun on those.
1: Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Very informative as well. Again, I was taking a lot of notes, uh, especially that first one where we're talking about slashers. I mean, Jimmy Brandon and
0: Aaron have tremendous amount of knowledge on, I think, the horror genre in general, but again, those episodes are really fun to do. Yeah, so I we did uh, I did post a, a list of all the different films that we talked about uh, during these episodes, so that's available on the Facebook page now. You can find
1: Tyler was a big fan of, of writing them down during the show, and then we wrote them all down for him. And he's like, oh,
0: <laughs> oh, I I figured that'd be a helpful way to do it.
1: Yeah, we got you, Tyler.
0: A lot of great epi- a lot of great re- recommendations there, and um, yeah. I, we did um have a contest going for that where everyone could email in. Uh, their favorites from the different genres you talked about, and have a brief description why. And we did get a number of emails, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna hold we off. Did, a, yeah. I'm gonna hold off a number another week for people to catch up on some of these horror episodes they might not have done so yet, and then we'll uh, draw from the the hat that Abe has picked out, especially for me to put names into. <laughs> it's my very own sorting hat. Yeah, it's yeah. Just in time for Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, a new yeah, sorting hat. But no, that should, that should be fun. Yeah, and again, mm. you know, you, that means you also have time <laughs> to email in. Until next week's episode uh, at outnowpodcast@gmail.com and, and any favorites that you have from the slasher genre horror movies, you know all the ones that we just, I just mentioned. You have a little brief description why and uh, yeah, you win some kind of prize. Um, uh, speaking of other things that you can help us out with, iTunes reviews and ratings. It's good to help those get those. It's good to, it helps out the show helps other people find our podcast. Log into iTunes, search Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can give us a star rating. You can give us even even a write us a, a little review of some kind that'd be that'd be great.
1: A little blurb would be great so thank you very
0: much in advance. All right. And uh, okay, let's uh let's get to let's get to know everybody. Each week we ask each other a question or two, try to set, set the tone for the podcast and better get to know everybody. Know everybody. Okay. That was good. It was okay. I, I understand you're 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 recording under duress, which is what I'll call it, Dave, so <laughs> I will that <I'll>, slide. <laughs> um okay. Why you, don't why'd you start this one off?
1: Yeah, I got a question for you guys here.
0: Tom Hanks,
1: short hair,
2: medium hair, or castaway hair? Well, how are we defining medium hair? Yeah, what's medium hair?
1: Uh, Original Robert Langdon. Oh, okay. That's a
2: bad start. Bad start right there. Bad start. I got to go with short then by default. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I like castaway hair just like crazy at the end there I like I like mid 90s hair Tom Hanks like Apollo 13 that thing you do like that you know right there in the middle that actually that that's good length hair man what about classic Hanks that's what I refer to as the 80s period like dragnet type Hanks like big Burp. Bachelor party I like that Hanks because it's a little bit
1: froey because it's it's a little long but he's got curly hair yeah so it works out
0: it's why the Da Vinci coat hair doesn't work, because he has naturally curly hair and so when you straighten it out it just looks really so, yeah. It looks like it looks like a bad John Travolta Pulp Fiction hair. Well it, well it just looks bad John Travolta hair in general. His pulp fiction hair is way different. <laughs> like he has a ponytail and like it's a lot, it's extended in Pulp Fiction. That is true, yeah. It's more it's so. just like it's like swordfish John Travolta. <laughs> minus the soul patch. <laughs> Hugh Jackman's very thin in that movie. Yeah, it's like it, was, it was before X2. And like I think right it was after, like
1: his second movie or something like that. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah
0: it, w- it was basically like his second movie, yeah. Didn't have to <laughs> it was the that. following summer, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't all that marine yeah. weight that he had to use all the time. Nope. Uh, I have a question. <laughs> okay. What's the, what's the worst role of one of your favorite actors? That's mm. a great question.
2: Wow. I'm going to say yeah, Harrison Ford in K-19, The Widowmaker.
0: Ooh, that's a good one.
2: Yeah. Well, it's a bad what one. Was well, yeah. That wasn't a good movie? The movie was like just kind of aggressively mediocre, but Harrison Ford had it in his mind to do this sort of Boris Badenov accent, and nobody could walk him off the ledge.
0: Not, uh, even, not even Liam Neeson, who had a certain. Not Liam Neeson, that not not, not uh,
2: uh, what's her name, Catherine Bigelow. Nobody, yeah. So he kind of tanked the movie because of that. He thanked the movie.
1: <laughs> uh, I want to say a friend of the first friend of the show, William Fichtner can't remember the name of the movie. It's with Martin Lawrence. I think it's like for the love of money or some of that. What's the
0: worst that could happen?
1: Yes. And he plays like this really flamboyant cop. And it's just William Fichtner is such a trooper and he's such a great character actor that he gives it its all. But I was like, William Fichtner is so great of an actor. This is probably something that I, I he, he's even better in the Ninja Turtle series than in, than what's the worst that could happen. So William
0: <laughs> Fichtner. Yeah, I asked this question obviously because I I I am not a fan of the Robert Langdon character when it, it comes. comes to Tom Hanks, but uh, the we'll Harvard professor that. Robert Langdon? Yes, le- the world's leading symbologist. You're, yes, <laughs> this, the very same. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get back to that. Okay, uh, that's right. good. That's how you play. No, everybody. everybody. All right, moving on. Let's get to uh, oh no, quickies. Yep. Each week we have a week with the week. I know quickies. Oh, that was pretty good. TM. I tried saying it backwards, apparently, on that one. that's, that's Did you? I, I heard, only like, heard, like, one little blip, and I was like, was oh, the if, rest of it, it is it, good. It's like if you put out now on vinyl, which I'm sure people are wont to do, and they reversed it. And slow down? Uh, Abe, have you seen any other movies this week?
1: I have. I actually forgot to mention two movies, or actually one movie that we talked about, which I missed, which is A Birth of a Nation, which I didn't talk about last time because I talked about Apollo 13 instead. And then I also saw Hello, High Water, Birth of a Nation is an okay movie. I think that Nate Parker, aside from events outside of the movie, the movie, it it definitely shows like first-time director, meaning, you know, the Fontar Angel sequences coming in and out of the movie and the dream sequences, which I think have a nice touch to them. But on the whole, I think the movie was just I It wasn't, it didn't like knock me off my socks kind of thing. I know that he, and he, this is a passion project for Nate, so it just it did have a lot of those characteristics. I'd also say that it reminds me a lot of a superhero movie for whatever reason, because he goes really origin based and like, hey, Nat, you're you're good, you're a special guy. It's a short-lived superhero, very much so. But I think it's all right. It's an okay movie. Hell or High Water, I saw because I was visiting my sister and I was waiting uh, for them to pick me up, and there's a movie theater and it was playing Hell or High Water. Expertly written. I really enjoyed it a lot. I think that there's a lot of great cinematography in it. Uh, A couple points which I really liked a lot were a shot where the two brothers are sitting down with a windmill. Chris Pine has his head down. It's kind of just still for a second, and then they talk. And the other is a tracking shot where Jeff Bridges comes up to Chris Pine later in the movie, and Chris Pine also moves with the camera as Jeff Bridges is moving. They're kind of going to come to a point together, and I thought that was a well-done shot. Um, again, I think it's it's uh, practical in its writing. There's not a superfluous amount of exposition or they don't stay on anything too long. You know, when there's a shootout, there's a shootout. It's not as though it's super long and drawn out like another movie or a more dramatic. It's not sensationalized. Movie. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's very grounded in that respect. And again, I think that is very well written. It's a little dry and slow at times. For, it's not for everybody, but I enjoyed the hell out of it. And you had lots of is...
0: water. Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> so... But it's a high recommend for me. All right, well, glad you finally got around to that one. Yeah. Uh, Zach, you seen any other movies uh, recently that you want to mention? Uh,
2: yeah, I saw Trolls last week. Um, yep. I don't think... Uh, and and uh, that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, did you see it? Did you see it, Aaron?
0: Yeah, Anna and I managed to catch trolls and so far i'm agreeing, agreeing with what uh, you have to say about it uh
2: yeah i it it did it 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 felt like uh, smurf's redux to me you know it, it, it kind of doing the same thing as that um i did like the songs i thought it had a fun soundtrack but i can't really recommend the movie i'd say just buy the album if you're interested it's got hmm. nice covers of of some 80s music by anna kendrick and uh justin timberlake but the movie itself is pretty whatever
0: uh, so, the idea that you have is that people should not see Trolls, but if you like covers of the songs that you like already, you should not have any context for the movie, but buy the soundtrack anyway. <laughs> That's
2: exactly what I'm saying. Okay. If you <laughs> like celebrity noted. karaoke.
0: <laughs> and you can't get enough of it on, what, Spike TV already with the, the, the lip sync? With <laughs> lip sync, Yeah. <laughs> Or on Jimmy Fallon's show.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Does he still do it on the show? Uh, he did it with Tom Cruise, and I don't know if he did well, it on anybody that else. That was last year before that the show. was a ago. Yeah. I don't know if he's done anything with anybody recently.
0: Because be like, it seems like it defies the point if you made a spin-off of a late-night right. segments by still doing it on the show. I mean, I could, I guess. That would be a thing. Um, I saw a couple things. Uh, I saw a few things, actually, but uh, I'll mention a couple. Um, I saw Edge yeah. of, I'll, and, Edge of Seventeen? Uh, this is, okay. This is a new uh, teen comedy drama with uh, Haley Steinfeld, um, and also mm-hmm. a number of other people too, including uh, Woody Harrelson and uh, Kara Sedgwick. Um, but it follows her; she's uh, what a junior, Jun- yeah, junior in high school. And it's like an updated kind of like high school comedy movie thing, and it's pretty well done. It's it's well written. The, uh, the you know it's got good the the. Teenage characters have kind of a the the right kind of attitude, and her character in particular, uh, it's kind of knowing without being too kind of overly. I don't know, precocious. I guess it has okay. it has. I mean, it's called Edge of Seventeen, but it does in fact have some edge to it, and it's generally well written. It's well done. It it doesn't really tread much new ground as far as kind of like high school comedies go, but it's 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 a. It's a solid comedy. It's a solid comedy drama. I'm glad to hear that. And because the, uh, I saw and the trailer the, uh, the brother and it was her, I... he has a brother in the movie He's played by the the lead from uh, Everybody Wants Some. The the uh the tall lanky guy? Like the main yeah, the main picture that you're following about okay. that movie. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Supergirl's husband. In real life. In, in real life, he's no, he's married to Oh, really.
0: To... Yeah. Oh, Small world. But Yeah. It's a it's a good movie. I enjoyed it. And cool. um let's see this uh this morning actually uh Anna and I, we got to see Loving, the uh, the second film this oh. year from director Jeff Nichols. Oh, I really like that. Nice. And it is, uh, I think we we'll might probably talk, well, when's it come out? I think, when, you know when it comes out, Zachy's, is next week or two weeks from now?
2: I'm not it sure is. off the top. It, it's, November 11th, right? Okay,
0: so it's like two weeks from now. Uh, yeah. So we'll see if we talk about it more, but it is very good. Um, okay. It, it's, a, it's it's not surprising to me since Jeff Nichols has made nothing but good movies, but um, right. he, he is once yeah. again delivered uh, quite strong. And I, I look forward to kind of thinking about it more so I can, you know, write about it and then talk about it hopefully more as well. But uh, very uh, strong performances and very, it has, it's very much feels like a movie from him as far as low-key underplaying a lot of the elements from it. But, uh, a, you know, a good, especially, you know, given that you just did Midnight Special, it's very, you know, you have two very different movies and yet you have the same director covering a variety of different types of ground in, in a very very effective way so on.
2: I just, uh, I, I interviewed him just this past week for, for Loving, and I also got to talk to him for Midnight Special. And I mean, the, he's just so thoughtful. Like, I just, I love b- just asking a very open-ended question and just letting him follow his own train of thought. I mean, the guy, he's just on, on a whole other level.
0: All right, that was Anna Quickies. Yeah. Let's move on now. Let's get to our trailer talk. Where we talk about one of the newest movie trailers of the week, when we th- what we thought of it, when it's coming out, and what have you. And this week we're talking the trailer for Allied. This is the upcoming Robert Zemeckis uh, war drama romance movie with Brad Pitt and Marion Cotillard. Um, the two play, well, they, they, play uh, they play Allied soldiers um, who are spies. <laughs> um, they are, what, like, it seems like they're basically uh, assigned to some kind of mission in North Africa. They fall in love with each other. And then uh, news arrives that Marion Cotillard's character might be working for the other side. Um, and things go on from there. <laughs> um, the film's directed by Robert Zemeckis, and it's from uh, writer Stephen Knight, who I'm actually a big fan of, uh, which is probably my main interest in, in seeing this movie. What, here, are, what are some of the things that he's written before? Uh, Eastern Promises is the thing that comes to mind, but oh, uh, okay. also right. d- uh, okay. Dirty Pretty Things. Uh, he di- he wrote and directed Locke with Tom Hardy from a couple years ago. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I'm a big fan of that as well. And uh, yeah, he's, he's he's mainly known for screenwriting, and uh, but I... May- mainly because of eastern promises that's why i'm like i really like everything this guy does pretty much so but with that in mind let's start with Zachy. Zachy, what do you think of the trailer for allied uh
2: you know i, th- I thought it looked fine I-, I can't say it really like it It didn't blow me away I-, I actually had a similar reaction to this trailer as i did for uh the live by night trailer which was kind of like yeah I'm i'm there i'll be there but I, I would have been watching it anyway because Robert Zemeckis, and I mean, I'm I'm already down. You know what I mean? Same with with Live by Night, but I, nothing. I was just putting myself in the state of mind of coming in cold and just seeing the trailer. I don't know that it would have necessarily sold me solely by by what was in it.
1: All right, hey, how about you? I wasn't blown away by the trailer either. Um, I think the premise is interesting, and I think that the more that they sort of built on the intrigue as the trailer progresses. That's interesting, but alone, it, it it's kind of like a it feels like a lightweight version of The Americans, which I is a show I really enjoy. And again, I'm probably going to see because I, I enjoy Robert's and mixes as well. And hey, man, you have some A-list actors in here. Sounds like the the writer is now that Aaron's mentioned some of his works. I definitely enjoy some of his writing, but um, and it, it seems like it's probably going to be much grittier than the than the uh, trailer is showing me. But on the whole, yeah, I wasn't wasn't. Super impressed by it, even though I'm going to give it a shot.
0: I feel like I'm in the same. I'm in this. Well, I am in the same boat, but it's more because I really want to like Robert Zemeckis movies again. But it's I've been having a lot of trouble doing so lately. Like, hmm. I, like hmm. I, I found like The Walk was only was only worthwhile because I got to you know see it in IMAX 3D and see that you know the the ending sequence of you know The Walk. Um, but like right. before that, it's like this is just not a very good, not really enjoyable. I mean, I get what he was trying to do, but I just was not really latching on to what um, Jiggles was doing with that accent and all the the preamble (laughs) to the big event. And the, yeah, and the haircut. But it doesn't surprise me that, you know, once Zemeckis gets to the big technology-based sequence that that looks good, because he's good with that kind of thing. Flight. I know Abe and I. You know, we're we're not big fans of flight, and I I especially don't. We're, we're not, but that flight sequence was very well done. Once again, the technical aspect of it, sure, it's fantastic. Right. And Denzel, you know, he's it's Denzel, it's, so it's hard yeah. to you know. I'm not gonna knock Denzel too hard, but I think the right. script was kind of a mess. And
1: Zemeckis also did Polar Express, yeah.
0: He did Polar Express, and I, yeah, like, so it I, did,
1: it's not as I'm gonna knock a child's movie or a family movie, but uh you know the story is okay. But I did like the motion capture that they did because Tom Hanks playing all those characters was kind of creepy. <laughs> in
0: like, any case. I, I, I really like Beowulf. Like I was a big fan of Beowulf, but like, oh yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah.
1: I just Grendel he, freaks me out in the beginning of the movie where he's like tearing his skin off because
0: everyone's doing their merry dance and he's just like, ah. but, so, he, but yeah. coming back to live action. I for me, it's been tough. Like I because it's like I feel like I want to like what Smaug is doing, but and each one seems promising, but like it hasn't really resulted well. And I look at this trailer, and there's. I, like the story-wise yeah it seems intriguing but like there's a lot of big shots of like the two of them in like a desert or in front of like a, a lot of what seems like a, just a lot of big green screen to really emphasize that the period they're mm-hmm. in it seems almost overly stylized i'm getting that just from a trailer so i'm, I'm very curious what the you know the entire movie is going to be that said robert is yeah. doing like a gritty world war ii drama that sounds exciting like that seems like a cool thing i haven't seen that before I don't think. Let me look through this <laughs> filmography real quick. But <laughs> I don't think I don't think, he I, don't said think Do, I don't think II. Doc and Marty traveled back to that time at some point. <laughs> yeah. so. they traveled in nineteen fifty five, which was, you know, ten years after the yeah. war. But you know, as I pointed out, Stephen Knight is the writer of the screenplay. I'd, I'd like to hope that goes somewhere interesting and Right. So, yeah, I'd like a, you know, I want it to be good. And it's more of like Zach, you're saying, I'm sold on it because it exists essentially as outside of yeah. what the footage has shown me so far. But uh, exactly. So yes, so far, you know, expectations are not crazy high. So, uh, mm. that's where I'm at with it right
2: now. I'm with you. Yeah, well, Same.
0: Allied arrives this Thanksgiving, uh, November 23rd and, uh, I assume theaters everywhere. So, that's gonna be a great family movie to go see right after Turkey <laughs> Time. Sure, right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, alright. Moving on. Let's, um, let's get to our main review. Let's get to our main review for Inferno. Professor Langdon. We need your help.
2: Three days ago, a man killed himself. We think it was part of something much bigger. There was a package in his pocket. And what was it? It's Dante's Inferno. Dante defined our modern conception of hell 700 years ago. But these circles of hell have been rearranged. Why Dante? Why this map of hell? Dante. Dante's death mask.
0: Yes. We've got to get to Florence. That should have been some of the trailer for Inferno. After a seven-year break from Dan Brown adaptations, we are back in the world of Robert Langdon. Ron Howard once again directs a mystery adventure thriller that requires the skills of the world-famous symbologist played by Tom Hanks. Hanks arrives as Langdon in this film awakening from a head injury and suffering from amnesia. He is quickly partnered up with Dr. Felicity Jones as the two of them are forced to go (laughs) on the run and save the world from a plague created by a crazy billionaire who killed himself. It will be a race against time as Langdon goes to various ancient cities to look at fancy statues and art and unlock the secrets of Dante's Inferno or something of that nature. Zacky, what have been your thoughts on the Dan Brown films thus far, and what did you think of this latest one?
2: So I I fell asleep during Da Vinci Code. <laughs>
0: uh, no one can blame you.
2: Yeah, and uh, so I loved the nap that I took during the movie. Was it uh, the haircut? It. <laughs> I I was actually, I was like willing to tolerate the haircut, but I, I, in all honesty, I mean, I've, I've, the 10 years since it came out, that's the one time I've seen it, so I, my recollections of the movie are spotty, uh, other than not liking it very much, but I did, I did like Angels and Demons three, three years later, I did, I thought it was, you know, forgettable, but, but. Engaging in the moment, so I, I I liked Angels and Demons for what it is, which is just kind of pulpy escapism. And to be honest, I liked Inferno on that level too. I wouldn't say I loved it, but I, you know, it was kind of in one eye out the other, and I I I was I didn't find it egregiously offensive, which is a low bar, but <laughs> that's the bar that I set for. All
0: right, Abe, <laughs> you have any uh, relation with the Dan Brown adaptation? I remember watching Da Vinci
1: Code, and I wasn't impressed. And I remember reading Da Vinci Code, and I wasn't impressed. Uh Um, (laughs) And I didn't watch Angels and Demons, uh, probably because I was tired of how one guy from Harvard is the guy that's going to save everybody. Similar to those things that we talked about, Aaron and I talked about on the podcast, where one teenager is going to be the savior for mankind in all these young adult novels. Kind of doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. In any case, Inferno is whew, it's kind of really boring, and it's, it's not very good. There's a lot of cool shots of really boring things. Like it's it's almost <laughs> as if Edgar like if Edgar Wright was just really bored and didn't don't, have any. Don't pull cool, him into this.
0: Don't do. No, that. no, I'm not. I'm not.
1: I'm just saying like there there are, there are cool things that Edgar Wright does in Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz for you know very mundane things like exiting a shop that are very well shot and they're very you know fun and angels and or i'm sorry inferno does something like that which is not fun examples are woman gets off bike kickstand shot and then cool music <laughs> it's like this is just really boring and the dialogue is it it feels as though they gave tom Hanks is not a bad actor at all okay oh, uh, Thank
0: you thank and, you for establishing that
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, if, in case the world didn't know, in case the the world doesn't read Variety like what I do, I I don't read Variety either. Uh, but in any case, uh, I feel as though Tom Hanks is kind of wasted in this role. There's not a whole lot for him to do. There's not a whole lot for him to say that is uh, that compelling. The person I found the most compelling in this movie is Irfan Khan, and because his character is a little bit more shadowy, but he's got more fun things to say, and it feels as though he's having a little bit more of a fun time doing it. We'll we'll get back um, to how amazing he is. He, he is. I mean, he's almost like an, an Assassin's Creed type thing. But with that being said, the movie itself is, I found it to be jumbly. I found it to be a little bit incoherent here and there. There's a lot of characters, and they're trying to play with your perception because Tom Hanks or Robert Langdon has hit his head in the early on in the movie, so he can't really rely on his memory that much, and that's supposed to serve as plot twists throughout the movie. And these plot twists are very, very dumb. They're very dull and dumb and uh, not very creative, and that's Dan Brown for you. And I'm not saying that because I didn't read this book. People are like, oh, the book's way better. It's like, okay, well, whatever. I read Da Vinci Code. Da Vinci Code, they call it an airport novel for a reason, and it's because mm-hmm. it's a page-turner, right? So you finish a chapter, and it's like, oh, cliffhanger ending, you're going to read the next chapter. And you read it in like an hour, and you're done. So Dan Brown's writing isn't very good
0: either. Uh, it's not very substantive, there's, even though he there's, brings, there's more he brings, Yeah, there's more to Why it's not the best, like because the the well, the prose is not very good. The chapters are very. The prose short. isn't very good. The, the chapters exactly. are very short, so it makes you seem like you're, you know, oh, I'm moving through this pretty fast, like,
2: Right. And the, yeah. And they're the, the they're basic, like
0: three pages long. <laughs> then the, the the basic facts are there's a lot of really just like blatant and uh, historical inaccuracies in a lot of the stuff he puts. Exactly. Up yeah. W- which is totally fine because it's a fiction novel
1: and also. It's cool that you take these things like, you know, all these beautiful monuments and, and places to visit in Europe and you make it, you know, oh well this is like where the, the scion of God is buried and we should dig it up and Aju Tattoo can be the word who translates everything for me. But, you know, when you get to Inferno, the mystery isn't that very it isn't very compelling. So overall, um, actually I want to mention one last thing. The first ten minutes of this movie, I wanted to like just tell the projectionist to turn off this the volume. Or something because it is—it drove me crazy. There's a lot of screeching and there's a lot of like uh, out of focus shots and whatever else. And if you can sit through the first ten minutes of it, congratulations—you're in for a very mundane ride. Uh, but <laughs> overall, it's just—it's not very imaginative. It's not very good. I think the the mystery in this one isn't as good as Da Vinci Code, uh, which I thought was a little bit more interesting. And it's just.
0: It's just very bland. I will say this, because I disagree with one thing you mentioned. I didn't find it boring. Um, I do think it moves. Like, it's not a, it doesn't, like, the only place it really stops After is. After a certain the, point, though. The, no, I think the only place the movie really stopped for me was in the third act, when it's like, okay, now we need to explain everything. Even then, though, I still thought it, it never really led up on a sense of momentum. Now, <laughs> with that in mind, it's not good. I mean, <laughs> the, my first note is the movie's capital D dumb. I mean, that's, that's the thing here. The, 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 I've never the, heard that expression before. <laughs> the entire logic is based around this billionaire who creates a plague, but instead of just releasing that plague, given that he's going to kill himself anyway, he sets up a timer for this to happen and then uh, lays out an elaborate series of clues to make sure it it can be found. It just it boggles my mind. But okay, I'll give it that. The 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 way this movie just goes thru- throughout its thing yeah i exactly i know what you're saying it's kind of there's a there's a pulpiness to it where you're supposed to kind of accept how silly it is and just kind of go along for the ride yeah but i, I just don't really care for the ride and it, i mm. part of it's because i don't think Hanks or Howard really belong here i don't yes. i don't i don't think Ron Howard's a good director for these kinds of movies he's a he's a guy who he can direct like every men type movies or historical dramas but You know, doing a pulpy thriller—that's not his thing, and it shows all three times now at this point. And then you have Hanks, who plays everyman, but playing like you know, book nerd—I like—I don't care for this character. I don't—I don't like him in this role. I don't think he's doing bad work because he's Tom Hanks, but I don't think that he's a person that's fit for this type of like thing. Like, I get that it's supposed to be like a guy that's not an action star in basically an action movie, but it just it never feels right every all three times that I've seen him here. The best thing they can say about him this time around is that, well, two things actually one, they toned down his hair, which, you know, great. For that. Thank you. Yeah. And the other. Well, they did in
2: the second one too. Well, they tamed.
0: Well, they tamed it down. Like I, it's 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 much. It's a lot like uh, like the X Men movies at this point. Like Wolverine, like used to have hair like super high, but now it's like okay, like we can, we could get rid of the points at this point. We can.
2: Now it's just Hugh Jackman in a beard.
0: Yeah. Now it's like he's just bleach blonde at this point. Like that's what they're going with Logan. They gone He's a surfer shirts. dude now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but this one, like I like that they they toned down Hank's hair. And they also um, they they did me a benefit by making him have amnesia, so he doesn't have to tell me how smart he is every ten minutes, which is what my big problem is of the first yeah. two movies. So it's like his attitude is like cha- he's humbled essentially, which makes me happy. <laughs> Going through this story again, like it, for, it feels cheap for what they, like and this movie did it cost does. like half the cost of Angels and Demons. Angels and Demons. I don't think it's a good movie, but I do. It is, it, it, especially coming off of Da Vinci Code, which I tend to call one of the worst modern blockbusters of recent years. I mean, it, I think it's a horrible movie. Angels and Demons was at least kind of fun and really silly in what it's doing, and it has a classic Ewan McGregor helicopter scene that I'll never forget. Um, this one.
1: Does it rival John Lithgow and Cliffhanger helicopter scenes?
0: Oh, yes, it does. Okay. Very much so. <laughs> Uh, this one, it's not quite Angels and Demons good to me as far as movies okay. I'll never watch again but like had a decent time watching, <laughs> that, that, that legendary category. But it's not like Da Vinci bad either, so it just kind of sits in the middle. But and I was saying it looks cheap. This movie, there's a, there seems to be a lot of effort to make it seem like it costs more than it did because besides the locations, you spend like the first third in Felicity Jones' apartment. And then there's a lot of just like, hey, we've arrived at a place. Okay, now let's go to some underground part of it so you can't see any of elf- any- Like it's just like it seems very obvious that they had to go to sets a lot, and the and the direction's so overdone in this thing. Like Abe, you're mentioning these shots of like kickstands and stuff, and there there is there's a lot of like intense close-ups. There's a lot of random cutting. It feels like That's there's a lot even- of.
1: There's another one of just a car turning in and then Tom Hanks opening a door. That's another action quick cut shot. And I was like, what is this?
0: There's a lot of stuff here that just feels like, okay, this is just not this is not the series that needs to be. And given that it bombed this weekend, I hope we can stop these now and learn our lessons. Um, But I will I will I'll second the praise for Irfan Khan, though. I don't necessarily need a whole series of movies starring his character, but Mm. he is a delight in this movie compared to a lot of the other things
2: going on in it. Like more more movies starring him in general would be a good idea. Well, like my
0: yeah, one of my favorite great. scenes in Jurassic World was him having like a great conversation with B.D. Wong while they both wore like n- you know nicely tailored suits. Now I get a, <laughs> you know the best scene in this movie is once again him standing in a room dealing with exposition while wearing a nicely tailored suit. So it's like if that's what Iron yeah. Khan does now, I'm all good for that. Like that's that's a good thing. And if take. he got ni- if he has knives up his sleeve, that's even better. Yeah, it, it's also good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like to add that um, I I didn't so much mind that it was quick cut direction whatever it's just that robert langdon as a professor of symbology it doesn't match it it feels as though they're trying to do some sort of like jason Bourne or if it's some type of national treasure type thing and those are all fine but the main character is not he's not like a nathan drake type character or an indiana jones type character where he's kind of gruff and you can see him
0: using a a bullwhip he's he's a He's a symbologist. He's a... He's they they not really put him in those situations, though. Like, he doesn't... Like, he gives no, him one but, fight I mean, in this movie, but, like, that's... Right. Very, it's, like, not, you... it's not
1: as so though he's fighting him with a book, uh, Jason Bourne style, but when they have all these tense moments, and then they have the music playing up, and then all that he's talking to, to Felicity Jones is about is about Dante and how uh, one passage is going to take him to the place where uh, evil Ben Foster has decided to plant a uh, biological... Uh, thing it's just, it, it doesn't it feels as though it's kind of making fun of itself but not really sure how to
0: do it the, movie, the movie's so, way too serious to make fun of itself
1: i would agree with that i mean so in any case it just while i can appreciate those quick cuts and the way that they stylize some of the action sequences i know that i made fun of the bike stand thing which in itself is funny uh it just doesn't fit with this Robert Langdon character because he himself is not that type of character that I would want to go on, a, on this type of adventure on. There's even points in the movie where Felicity Jones is asking very very good questions of, how can I even trust you? He's like, well, I guess I'm going to save the world. It's like, that's that's it? That's why you trust him? You know, because he told you that well, he knows I'll say, Dante? I'll say
0: this, at, like what you're pointing out right now. There is... There's, it. while the, the film itself as a whole is silly, I do enjoy the idea of the writers having to make, like, they, they basically found a way to dig themselves out of every hole by having a whole lot of exposition to explain things, which is a horrible way to tell a story. But they're like... You turned into the accountant. There's a there's a way that things get explained that make a level of sense within the ridiculousness of this movie that I could admire. Like it feels it's like it tries to make itself fool. If you know what I'm saying, yeah, I think you know it. I mean, you see the movie, so I, you have to know what I'm saying. But there's yeah, yeah, there's a foolproofing attempt that like makes various choices characters make add up in a certain way. I, I understand. Yeah, I know what you mean, Zach, Zachy. You like this movie the most of these ones. Like, what? what what's the? of the? I know, it, its
2: faint praise, I'm sure. But what, yeah, it's, it's a difference of degrees, just to be clear. But <laughs> you know, I, I I will disagree to the extent that I I I like Tom Hanks as this character, and that that was that to me has been like even Da Vinci Code, the movie I didn't like, but I liked the character that Hanks created. I found him. I I liked. What he was trying to do, and I and I think in a broader sense, I just like the idea of this continuing character who his greatest asset isn't his physicality; it's the fact that he is just very, very intelligent, and 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 so you have a series that's built on just somebody's smarts, and and you know not street smarts but book smarts, and I right. I think that to me is something different, you know, and and that appeals to me so. I like the idea that he's not an Indiana Jones. That he he is he's a Tom Hanks, and you don't expect right, Tom right. Hanks to be an action hero. So that I I
0: guess the the problem I have with that is that Tom Hanks because he's Tom Hanks, it feels like the using the intelligence makes him it makes him like it seems it makes him seem pompous, and <laughs> as opposed to something like like Downey Jr. is like Sherlock Holmes, among you know any character playing Sherlock Holmes, which in addition to the fight aspect you can take that aside and just focus on the intelligence that character has the actors they cast in that role the smarminess and the snarkiness it works for them and it makes me not like it makes me not dis- dislike their arrogance essentially where tom hanks because he has nothing he's not really playing up any sense of i don't know of, of you know playing up that sarcasm bit he's just playing a guy that knows well, that he knows more than you I, it just sure. it just irritates me That's that's interesting. I mean, I I
2: didn't perceive it that way, but I can definitely see what you're saying.
0: Yeah. And just
1: to clarify very quickly, it's not as though I I expect a Tom Hanks type character, an academic person. It's very, it's well done. It's well established for you to have that because they are in these situations where they have to run away from people with guns. But uh, when they get to the Tom Hanks meet character, it's it's just him explaining things uh, about the poet Dante or the writers that he's, you know, been in contact with. So it just feels it feels a little bit off because again, why would you have the set setup and then all of a sudden
0: the payoff is just oh we've we've got to go to Geneva because that's where the statue is. Well, like, what else? Zachy? Oh. I mean, you mentioned Tom Hanks is one thing. Like-
2: well, and I mean, it's like I said, I I really I I looked at it as. How, how well does it translate you know like like you guys were saying kind of an airport novel just a pulpy thing that you watch and and you you soak it in for a couple of hours and then you go on your way and and i so I judged it on that level I'm like does it succeed at being that and and for me that that was the criteria and i was and like we mentioned earlier I was willing to sort of you know ignore the the, the uh, coincidence and and sort of the the contrivances of the plot because I'm like you know at the end of it I was like well I you know I, I I had a good time. I'm not in any hurry to ever rewatch this, but I enjoyed revisiting this character. And I think I think that's the key distinction here. Is I I like the character. I think more than you guys do. And I think that's what it comes down to. Okay. And that's, that, that's, yeah, that's old, I think that definitely helps out. That's ultimately
0: yeah. what makes you know puts my my thumb down in this scenario where it's because <laughs> I can agree that there because to me again I I didn't find it boring. <laughs> I didn't dislike. Going along this really ridiculous ride, I just can't because I, you know, it's my third time in with Robert Langdon, and I've yet to really attach myself to this character. No matter how hard the movie tries, like I don't know, introducing a love interest halfway in and making me think I'm supposed to care about it. Uh, it just...
2: <laughs> That's true. I'll agree with you there. Yeah.
1: I was wondering if if she comes in in Angels and Demons because I didn't see that. Does she?
0: No. No. There are no characters okay, the only, right. there's, there are no characters that cross over in any of these movies except for I think Alfred Molina narrates angels and demons that's like the extent of it okay gotcha. other than that these are all standalone Robert Langdon stories yeah now, um, now that feels even weirder to have that plot was, element well I mean Indiana Jones isn't necessarily connected by much I guess the that's last true one but or... I mean
1: you know you are aware of
0: something between he and
1: Marion pretty early on.
0: In any case, well, yes, the the character work is stronger in a Steven Spielberg film than this Ron Howard, Robert Langdon. Here, yeah. you correct it. <laughs> um, um, yeah, the the, you know, um, yeah, like I'm saying, three times in, and I just haven't warmed up to this main character. That's not going to do much for me. I can agree that I can go along for a ride like this, and like while it's not you know memorable or something, I'm going to watch again. I didn't like hate the time spent with this movie, but. It still does little for me to be like, you should definitely go check this one out, uh, unless you're like a huge fan of, not even a fan of these books, but a fan of what these movies have done to these books. Where a guy can feel like they're mm. almost, I don't know, I don't even know if they're because I, the, because I, yeah, I read the Da Vinci go 2, eh? too, and it's like, really, all right, like I read it after. Yeah, the I, don't, back, I didn't the know way. what the hype was all about. Yeah. I read it after. Well, like the, it, I saw the movie first, which, god, that was awful, and I was like, all right, well, let's <laughs> see what this book's like, and I try like, oh this. Ooh, okay. Well.
1: Something's <laughs> yeah. Happening. Yeah. So it's it's all right. So again, that's why I I don't. It's not as though the writers did a bad. Like David Kep didn't say like I'll oh, just give Tom Hanks intentionally boring lines. It's more
0: because Dan Brown doesn't really write in a way that is. Very David Kep should be commended for like the amount of work he's done trying to. to yeah, to- I, I would agree. <laughs> yeah.
2: and, and by the way, I, I think Kep is a step up from Akiva Goldsman. That's another reason why I preferred yep. this over the other two.
0: Yeah. Okay. Different writer. Okay. Well, yeah, but they're kind of like, they're Howards and they're a lot of like go-to writers and all but they're, they're generally, they, sometimes they do good, sometimes they do bad. Kep generally yeah. does better, I would say. It's like well, I, and,
2: a, a friend of mine, Mike Snyder, who's also a San Francisco critic, he said, uh, David Kep is a better hack writer than Akiva Goldsman, so.
0: He and uh, like, well, like David S. <laughs> Goyer and uh, David Tui, like all those guys that do, that do like a lot of these kinds of thriller movies. Uh, yeah. 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 None of them have Batman and Robin on their resume like Akeem Goldsman.
2: So that's no, true. That's that's kind of radioactive, right there. Uh,
0: but yeah, so Infer- when would you say people should go and see Inferno? I assume IMAX. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's the only one playing on IMAX right now, right? Or that's the yeah, it, movie i playing. It sadly like took two IMAX days.
0: screens away from whatever the hell else was in IMAX.
1: <laughs> uh, Planet Earth Part 2. Uh, but uh, I, I think that if you're a fan of the series and whatever else, um, I think you'd you'd probably enjoy it at a dollar theater, but for me, it's it definitely is like a Blu-ray rental type
0: situation.
2: Zach, your thoughts? Uh, I you know what I was telling somebody else was if you're if you're looking for a thriller right now in the theaters, uh, your options are fairly limited. And I would say if you're choosing between this and like the accountant, I would say go with this.
0: See, I would see, like because we've had okay. So, that's, that's an interesting. This, uh, the, versus match. The past few weeks, we've had Jack Reacher, Girl on the Train, Accountant, and this movie. Yeah. probably I'd probably say Accountant, honestly, because it's just so like, I don't think that movie's great. I don't think it's very good. But it's, I don't know. It feels it's it's off the wallness is a little more off the wall for me than this movie. So I probably recommend <laughs> that one because I, I you know I, I haven't this is it wasn't the third Accountant movie. This is the third Robert Langdon movie, and I just don't care. But the the sure. mm-hmm. it's not. You know, none of those are good, by the way. Girls think the worst. No no question for me. But um accountant's like, all right, well, you tried something different. I can give it credit for that.
1: I gotta I gotta give a shout out to Luke Evans, man. He keeps trying to make a good movie. It just hasn't happened yet.
0: He's been in well, he's not not in good movies since the thing that you're like, Oh, that's Luke Evans from
1: Like I don't even know what movie
0: that would be. Fast six <laughs> I know, but he's like a cameo appearance, right? No, that's in Furious Seven. He's a cameo in Fast Six when he's the yeah. villain. He's, he's really, the villain. He is a good. Yeah, he's, he's like a good the villain, best of, villain that of that six. series. Yeah, everything else that he's done is like I, I can't uh, recommend. Well, since he, since movie. when he got like promoted to like the a Hobbit facto guy in Dracula Untold, like everything, like he's like okay. He's okay in the Hobbit. Yeah, we're he's in the Hobbit. Hobbit. He's like he's like and, the one thing I'm like kind of I enjoy in the Hobbit movies. Like oh, there's just a guy doesn't want to be here. Yeah.
2: Isn't isn't he the beast in the upcoming? Uh, or or he's no, gas- he's Gaston. He's
0: Gaston in the upcoming movie. Maybe. Oh, let's see how that goes. Let's see how that. Which goes. I'm that's because like he seems like such a low key guy. I'm excited to see him be like boisterous and over the top. Like that'll be. And eating twelve dozen eggs a day, just to help him get large. Who's
2: who's beast in that movie?
0: <laughs> uh, Dan Stevens, of course.
1: Oh yeah, oh. The, guest Dan the guest. Stevens.
0: Yeah, the guest yeah. is the beast. There you go. He that. Okay.
2: <laughs>
1: Aaron, where, when would you tell people to go see Dan Brown's movie? Or
0: Tom Hanks' movie? They're, it's all their movies, guys. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. Uh, okay. all no, right. I mean, if you like these movies... I guess you could. T- I mean, if you if you if you watch The Go and you're like, "This is my ish," then yeah, obviously you're gonna like this movie. I mean, <laughs> I don't see that. I don't see that not happening. Like, if you like <laughs> Angels and Demons, and you're like, "I I don't I don't know why they'd be like," oh, suddenly this one's not good anymore. It seems like they're the same thing. But uh, yeah. Otherwise, you can pass on. You can pass on this one. You can wait till. Uh, wow. Okay. All you right. You can wait till you can wait till you get the, the Blu-ray three pack and have a very boring evening. Know. That's. Hey, a- a- did you see Jack Reacher by the way?
1: not yet that's on my next to do and i'm i'm kind of bummed out because uh because i didn't see any reviews it. yet yeah i mean you know people are giving mixed reviews but uh I, you and i liked the first one yeah that's uh, why
0: this one was my biggest disappointment of this year <laughs> Woo! wow that's high regard one of my what was the other there's some other movie that disappointed oh suicide squad was the other disappointment of the, yeah but um i i forgot about that all right so that was our Inferno review, obviously um but let's <laughs> Let's get to our sponsors real quick. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Why Audible? Audible content includes more than 180,000 audiobooks for your iPhone, Kindle, or any kind of MP3 device. And you can go to Audible and get a free audiobook download uh, and a free third-day-to-trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com. Choose a book to download for free, download it, and just start listening. It's that easy. You can also check out their service. If you don't like the service, you can get rid of it, but you get to keep that book they download for free for free. So be a winner and read. And read! Exactly. Or listen at audibletrial.com slash podcast. Alright. Enough of that. Let's move on now. Let's get to our uh, feedback. Feedback!
1: Feedback! Feedback!
0: This is where we go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook from our Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast, where we read all of the uh, answers that you listeners gave us on the questions we asked this week, and you asked us some questions that we'll be happy to answer as well. And I'm starting this one off. <laughs> uh, here's our first question. What's... what's <laughs> What are some of your favorite movies with world-ending stakes? And, Zach, you feel free to chime in whenever you want to. Uh, <laughs> Jay, Jay adds uh, The Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> Good answer. Uh, answer. Philip writes The Return of the King and Pacific Rim. <laughs> and uh, Justin adds 12 monkeys. And for fun, Night of the Comet. <laughs> I will say, Night of the Comet, the world does technically end already. I don't know if there's any stakes at that point <laughs> of the world ending, but... I, I'm happy to hear any shout-outs to Night of the Comic, because that's a fun movie. Yeah, mm. world ending. I like answer. the cabin in the woods answer. That's a good answer. Yeah, that is a good answer, especially when you think of it in that context when starting the movie.
1: That's true because you Cause don't really like it. Doesn't ever... seem like a
0: movie that's like the, way, and the the world's at stake in that movie, <laughs> right? I'm gonna throw in the core because why not? Because <laughs> the core is good fun.
2: Um, uh, you know, what I'd mention is, is Terminator 3 because they actually do end the world. And I thought that was a novel approach, you know? Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, me too. Beneath the
0: Planet of the Apes. Yeah, that's a good one.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Moving on. Next question. Uh, Regardless of performance quality, who is your favorite Tom Hanks character? Jason answers with Victor Navorsky in the terminal. I (laughs) like his generally positive attitude. Philip adds uh, Michael Sullivan from Road to Perdition. And Ooh. lastly, Justin has Josh in Big. That's a,
0: so as far as, like, who, what Tom Hanks character would I like to hang out with? Yeah, Josh in Big. He's he a toy to, executive. He doesn't want to deal with a building that turns into a robot. That's boring. <laughs> I would actually say,
1: like, you know, Tom Hanks is such a good actor that all of his characters are really very, very good, including the 57 that he plays in uh, Polar Express.
2: <laughs> I'm going to say Robert Langdon, just to piss you guys off. As long as
0: you don't say Larry Crown, <laughs> I'm happy. So it's okay. <laughs> um, okay, next question. What city or country would you like to see a disaster thriller set in? Oh, boy. Philip writes The Shire. <laughs> Manish writes New, New Delhi. Uh, Justin writes Nobu. And Jay writes... Land ver fill, gwin kill, go cur yuck, win, drop, will, land, twy, silly, yo, go, go, gosh, in Wales. Yeah, I read the did whole thing. Did you just thing. summon a <laughs> demon? So there. Yeah, we did. We did.
1: <laughs> Bet Miller's gonna show up at your door with a witch.
0: <laughs> did I write that out phonetically so I could say it properly? Yes, I did. <laughs> Where
1: would I like to see a disaster thriller set? You know, I, I think that there needs to be more disaster thrillers in Canada. Like, you don't really get a whole lot. Toronto? Is
0: there one in Toronto? No, I'm just adding like an actual oh, okay. city. Canada. <laughs> or just in general. There's a lot of Canada, in just, like, lot of Canada that's Toronto. nothing. You
1: know? I don't I don't think that there are a lot of, you know, movies that are released in the US that are Canadian end of the world thriller. Well, I would
0: say <laughs> Vancouver, but Fox uses that all the time to blow They around, use it all the time, so, yeah. yeah
2: so. <laughs> For but that, Santa Barbara. You could, you could film in Vancouver and it would actually be Vancouver. That would be a that'd be a that'd nice be...
1: change of pace.
2: <laughs> yeah. You
1: know. Nobody would ever want to go visit it. <laughs> it's just like, oh, Vancouver's boring now. <laughs> uh, okay, next question we ask everybody, are there thrillers or mysteries you really like for how silly they are or in spite of how silly they are? Uh, Manish has The Net and
0: Justin has The Game. The Net seems like the perfect answer for this question. That just it seems is. Like, that seems correct. <laughs> like The Net's yeah. like, oh, that's... <laughs> like the, net, the Net's like your Jack Ryan example to me. It's like, oh, that movie's fine. <laughs> It's like it does the job (laughs) the game yeah that's a fun answer too like I like the game a lot more than the net but it is when you look at it it's like this makes almost no sense when you like really examine that movie that's the Michael Douglas movie yeah that's the David Fincher Michael Douglas Sean Penn joint yeah mystery Uh, thrillers that are super silly yeah I don't know let's see our next question is what are some of Tom Hanks' more underrated films uh, Jay writes, I loved Saving Mr. Banks, and I find Charlie Wilson's War is discussed less than I thought it would. I really like Charlie Wilson's War, too. Yeah, work too. And I, too. That I, I too. think it's a really solid – yeah. 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 Uh, Phil seymour nominated. Hoffman is excellent in that movie. He got an Oscar nomination for that one, too. Like he's. Uh, and Justin adds, Big, Money Pit, Bachelor Party, and The Man with One Red Shoe. I think Big has its fair share of acclaim. He got a he got Big first is Oscar nomination. pretty
2: beloved, yeah.
0: Yeah. But the other ones, yeah.
2: I would I, say The would Terminal. Say,
0: I would say the Joe versus the volcano, which I think is the best of the Tom Hanks Meg Ryan films. And yeah, I, agreed. I, I think it's, and it and it goes woefully undersung because I think it's a really solid movie and really funny. You know, nobody ever really mentions really, what the Burbs. We talk about the Burbs of this podcast, but yeah, we I talk would...
1: about it all the time because you and I talk about it. But, but nobody they, ever says hey, the, burbs, the burbs,
0: is, burbs. Burbs is great. Yeah,
1: it's kind of spooky too.
0: It is. It's oh. got. It's, it's got. It's a. Uh... Uh, got that Joe Dante horror aspect to it.
1: Yeah. And uh, last question we have uh, that people uh, answered that we asked was, are there any actors out there who you can feel can do no wrong? Manish has The Rock. He is sunshine as a person. Uh, <laughs> April writes Denzel Washington. Justin has Matt Damon. Darren writes DiCaprio. Uh, and lastly, Alessandro writes Kevin Spacey. Even if I don't like the movie he's in, I always love his performance,
0: including Nine uh, Lives. I mean, hes I didn't see Nine Lives, but I i wouldn't say Kevin Spacey didn't do a good job as a talking cat. a good, good point. I just assume he did great. I'm going to guess he did great, too. <laughs> but I think as all of those voice. examples, I, I, yeah, I think they don't have much of a Definitely issue. Definitely agree. agree. Maybe Jay Edgar, not DiCaprio's finest hour, but I can look past that one. That's, Never saw The Beach. Yeah, yeah, it's not... It's not really him. as the problem. I mean, a lot of people. There's people that stick up the beach. I don't really, but I don't. I like Danny Boyle, so I'm happy to just not really pay too much attention to it. Yeah,
1: you know, there's a lot of character actors that I think fit this category where they can really do no wrong. And, yeah.
2: You know, I think Philip Seymour Hoffman was like that. Certainly for me.
1: I absolutely agree. Yeah. Yeah. So Patrick Wilson, he's also a really good actor that I don't think he has ever really had anything where I thought that he was bad in it. So anyway. Yeah. All
0: right. Now we get to our question. We got one question this week uh, thrown our way. This one's from Alessandro. Uh, with so mm-hmm. many classic movies like Blade Runner, Ghostbusters, Indiana Jones getting revisited or rebooted or getting sequels, etc., is there a movie that you think should be left alone and untouched? And is there a property that could do with a reboot or sequel that is just being ignored? We get we get this various forms of this questions a lot on this podcast <laughs> because I enjoy obviously, answering Abe, it. yeah, because Abe and I are obviously the foremost authorities on this subject. Man. <laughs> we are. Uh, yeah, we have a book out right now. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, properties that should be touched and not touched. <laughs> it's a really controversial <laughs> book, but, um,
1: a controversial title. Yeah.
0: Um, uh, well, I, I we talked that, about what uh... we, we talked about reboots and seek sequ- like things that we could think of get sequels before. And I think John Carter is one that tends to come to mind for us as far as one I, I, I like John it. Carter. Yeah. I think, I think you and I like, both yeah. did. Yeah, so I was like, we can see another John Carter. We can get Tim Riggins yeah. back and back on Mars. Get see where that goes. Tim
1: Riggins also needs some some work. I think he's a really good actor as well. Um, uh, but I, something that I don't think needs to be remade ever again is the Indian in the Carpenter. because the movie, the first movie, wasn't very good anyway. <laughs> but I enjoyed the hell out of the books when I was in elementary school.
0: You know, you say and... that actually, that that is actually good because that's something that seems like that could be remade again. Like that it, seems it, like yeah, a, like, doesn't we, it? Like, they're doing Givenchy, so, I
1: mean... They're, yeah, they're going like, to, like, modernize it with some hip kid, and then, you know, it's going to be some... That's the your, that's your gonna greatest fear so some far? That dude. some hip kid
0: will be involved
1: with it. Yeah, Omri is not a hip kid. He gets beat up all the time. He has, like, a, 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 a wash sink as his place to store all his toys. I think they could preserve so, that element. I hope, but I, I, please don't remake Indian in the Cupboard
0: or so, the wait, subsequent so, books. So they so you didn't like the movie the first time, and you're no. actively against them ever trying again. That's your, that's yes. your thought? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I think they've
1: forgotten about that property. so they can never do any more harm because again, I, I really enjoyed the books i i I literally cried when I was a kid when when he opens up the cupboard again and and uh, his little toys is back to being plastic. I was like, oh, fourth oh, grade.
0: I'll go a more traditional route and say things, you know, like the real classics, like you know, Casablanca or something. It's like we don't, we don't need to try. Please it never hands. remake Casablanca. That is a perfect
2: movie. Mm. As as far as stuff, I'd rather them not touch. Um, just two things that come to mind are Goonies and Labyrinth. Yeah,
0: I can yeah. see. Yeah, I could like the kind of the general like the things that have you know people have this kind of '80s nostalgia for. I could you know I wouldn't necessarily think, man, we should really cash on on those things because people love the original versions of them. Like, I I don't know what other neat world, you know, realm needs to export of uh, Beetlejuice, but, you know, every time someone has to ask a question like that, it's like, okay.
2: Yeah, here we go again. There's no yeah. more Beetlejuice.
1: Wait, me, yeah, can I ask you guys a question? We were talking about some 80s there. Uh I know that you didn't really like Legend all that much, Aaron, and I think that there's some hits and misses. But I think the Tim Curry stuff with the devil coming out of the mirror thing was really great. And I don't think that if they remade it. I don't think they would have that that great of an well, that, impact.
0: Well, that's the issue right there. The the it, it it somewhat extends to my issue of like video games being turned into movies, where it's like the things that you liked about that stuff is the thing that won't be recreated in a new version of it. So it's like I don't I don't know what I'm gonna gain out of it. I don't know what like an Uncharted movie is gonna give me when I enjoy those voice actors doing those characters. I don't know what a movie version is gonna make me suddenly like. Yeah, more that's how it. I feel about the Last of Us. So, so looking same thing there. So looking at like Legend, it's like the thing that you like. It, and I yeah, that's an aspect I like is Tim Curry's you know villainous turn in that movie. You're not going to recreate that element in an effective way. That was the problem with like right. a Nightmare on Elm Street, where like Jackie Earl Haley, he's a great actor, but that version of Freddy Krueger I didn't care about. And then even like the iconic mm-hmm. stuff like him coming out of the walls in the Wes Craven version, where it's practical, it actually looks effective and scary. This is just yeah. like a CG mess of like a walls moving and it doesn't look real at all. So it's like what am i taking away that's you know new and shiny and fun here it's the same with, like the thing remake that we had to suffer mm. through also well technically it was a prequel, prequel. continuation yes yeah, yeah.
2: prequel but with the same, same, same title.
0: title yeah
1: yeah, yeah yes, that was yes. Thing the thing
2: played. and it's prequel the <laughs> thing yeah. yeah
1: mary elizabeth winsett had to listen to an 80s song to know to let people know that we we're in the 80s
0: but so it's like <laughs> the you know if you're going to go for that kind of 80s nostalgic route, you're not going to get the thing that makes you nostalgic for it to begin with, and, the, and generally, agree. and it, so given the results that we've seen from these attempts, the new stuff isn't worthwhile either, so it's like, I don't yeah. know what we're doing here. I would agree with that. Compared to... You know, uh, well, yeah, one, yeah. one
2: thing I'd I'd love to see them redo with an eye towards having it be a, something that continues is is Highlander, which is just kind of sitting there I feel like that's something that's tailor-made to be revisited, um, again, with an eye towards knowing that they're going to actually continue the story as opposed to keeping on ending it and then having to contrive a way to keep it going.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that's a neat idea because Hollander itself, you know, that's something that can continue without you tromping on the original story, which the original with Christopher Lambert and uh, Sean,
0: Connery. Uh,
1: Sean Connery, you know, wasn't. It wasn't a masterpiece by any stretch. I don't consider
0: it very good. That's no, but, but, but uh, the concept. I enjoyed is... it. Yeah, yeah the, no, and
1: no. the concept can live on because I enjoyed
0: the TV series quite a bit. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's what I tend to attach myself to as well. Like when there's, I'm less enamored when it's something I really like that's getting remade, but had a good concept. But when it's something that has a good concept that I thought was okay or could have been explored better differently, yeah, I can get on. I, I tend to be able to get on board with something like that. Yeah, um, I'm yeah. So something like RoboCop, it's like. You did this great the first time. I don't know what new was going to be. Like, you could have attacked something involving, like, social commentary or whatnot, and they, you know, failed miserably doing that. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what I was supposed to take away. But, you know, yeah, you take, you know, you take something like, like, Inner Space. I I like Inner Space. I think that's a solid movie. But I can see a modern update of Inner Space. Sure. That's a great example. Yeah. That's a perfect example. there's, There's ideas there where you can really make use of, you know, what kind of filmmaking abilities we have today. And right. I can only hope that that works out for Denny Villanueva's um, uh, Blade, Blade Runner sequel yeah. because I, yeah, you know, I really like that director. That's a, uh, yeah, I, I would.
2: Agree. That's a high that, bar to, you, have to you, reach. Have them. you
1: seen it already? What? Have you seen Arrival yet? I, I haven't. I'm
2: oh, seeing yeah. it this week. Okay.
0: I have. I can't say much about it so far. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't want. But, you to... <laughs> uh, but yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, I, he's you know he's a visionary director. It's in and, and like there's. It is like you said, It is a high bar to kind of get up to to get anywhere near. It. But I mean, I can see something interesting happening given the right amount of effort put into it. Well, and so. and
2: I I think my any enthusiasm I have for that sequel is because he's doing it. Yeah. You know, I, I'm like I would, any. It's like it's either Ridley Scott or somebody like him. Anybody else, I can't imagine I'd have as much like. Oh, okay. Let's see what they do. You know.
0: So it hopes that they're all in. Like Ridley Scott's involved and. Yeah. Yeah. There and g- given that Ford, you know, did not like working on that movie, the fact that he can muster up enthusiasm to be involved with in the sequel <laughs> makes me somewhat yeah. happy because yeah. that means he like right. read a script and was like, "Oh yeah, this is not bad." that, Harrison Ford? That's exactly what he says. Was, leave, I'm a Is he guest on the show? <laughs> Wait, do that? Do that again, Eric. I, I, is there a unicorn? I don't know. I, was, I was Whoa,
1: it. Harrison Ford!
0: Hey, kid, how you doing? What? Okay. um... <laughs> We'll see if that makes it right. the, the show. Let's um. Oh, feedback, feedback, feedback. That was feedback. Yes, that was, that was that was a good question. I'm happy we could always find new angles to approach that answer to because it's, yeah. uh, it's a fun... There's a lot of different facets of that kind of question. I think. So. Definitely agree. But uh, Enough about facets and faucets. Let's move on now. And get to something completely different. Abe, what did, what did what time is it?
1: Aaron, I think it might be time for you and Zach to go ahead and head in some games. Little known fact, that's actually the song that plays when Tom Hanks finds that little uh, projector. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in Inferno. I've got (laughs) a a, a game for you guys here. It's uh, one that we play often. It's uh, On a Scale of, and this is on a Rotten Tomato scale for some Tom Hanks movies. So I'll be listing some movies here, and I'd like uh, Aaron and Zachy to give me their best guess on where the tomato meter has landed for some Tom Hanks movies.
0: Oh
2: interesting.
1: Okay. This ready?
0: Alright, yeah, okay. Here we go. Sully. Sully, I think it was fairly p I'll I'll say seventy one. Okay. I'm gonna say eighty five. And Zachy, you're correct. It is eighty three. Oh, oh wow, wow. it's higher than I thought. All right.
1: Yeah, it's higher than I thought. <laughs> uh next one here.
2: Toy Story three.
0: Ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> and- and uh Zachy?
2: Yeah, like ninety eight, I guess. I can't double you up. You can right? also
1: say no, you can. You can.
2: You wanna double up? Uh I I wanna say it's ninety nine, yeah.
1: You guys are both correct, it's ninety
2: nine. Yeah, oh. I know because
0: Armand writes like
2: the Yeah, one he screwed it up, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> All right here. The Polar Express.
0: Aaron. Mm-hmm. Huh. I'm going to say 75. Okay.
2: And Zachy? I'm
1: going to say 69. Zachy, is closer. You. It's 55.
0: Oh,
2: wow. F- okay.
1: 55? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. It's lower I didn't really than I thought, realize. too. Yeah. yeah. I, thought yeah. The, I didn't know the I, – I thought it had the kind of like Indiana Jones thing where it's like people hate Crystal Skull, it seems, but it still has a pretty high review rating on
1: there. Yeah, I, I just thought that it would be like, oh, it's a family movie about a book that everyone loves, so it's going to be
0: more than 55%. <laughs> Well, people had problems with those uh, eyes, which clearly reflected with the uh, Rotten Tomatoes. These
1: eyes, crying every. Uh, and next question here: uh, Forrest Gump. Uh, uh, seventy-nine. Okay, Zachy, eighty-nine. Aaron, you're closer. It's Seventy-two.
0: Okay. a Gump, really? Yeah. I, yeah. A, I I had a feeling there was a kind of a somewhat of a. Not mixed, but like a little lower than you'd expect for Forrest Gump. Yeah, uh, it's a little bit lower than I thought too, actually. Um, i because I remember like there's kind of a the kind of quote-unquote Oscar bait type remarks t- thrown its way when it was uh, around, despite it being yeah. well. Loved. But I'd
1: also add that this is the tomato meter, and they have this weird rubric. So well, it's case. not
0: weird. It's if you like it, then you like it. If you don't like it, then it's you know rotten. It's, it's yeah. It's, wonder, it's not weird. It's just very binary and ineffective. <laughs> but uh, but it's weird
1: because when you click on an actual movie title, if you see the average score, if anything that is above like a six, I think is fresh. So when you yeah. see the average score, it could be like a seven and it's still considered fresh, Yeah. Uh, even though it was like just mediocre. In any case,
0: uh, next one, the Burbs. I'll
2: hmm,
0: I'll say sixty one. Hey, okay,
2: Zachy. Fifty
0: five. Banking on positivity. Zachy gets this one. It's forty-seven. Oh. Yeah. See, I
2: I was banking on negative.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was (laughs) trying to be optimistic about the (laughs) burbs. Next one here. Big. 87.
1: Hey, Zachy. 82. Aaron, you were closer. It's 97.
0: Nice.
2: Wow. Yeah. Way high. See honestly I think that's a reflection of how Rotten Tomatoes like it's more it leans towards retrospective reviews than reviews from that era. Yeah.
0: Sure, sure. You, yeah know I mean?
2: you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: But that's yeah, why yeah, we yeah. have the, the on the scale of blank.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, next one here, splash.
2: Hmm.
0: Sixty-seven. Okay? Zachy? Uh
2: seventy-five.
1: Zachy gets this one. It's ninety-two. Oh wow. Yeah.
2: See that okay, that proves my earlier point. Yeah. <laughs> That's
1: exactly your point. <laughs> yeah. So uh next one here, a league of their own. 90. Okay? 95. It's 77. Oh not, wow. okay. You know what?
2: <laughs> I'm not exactly. in any of this.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right here. And the last one, Larry Crown.
2: <laughs> Thirty. Okay, <laughs> Zachy, uh, uh, twenty-one.
1: Aaron, you're closer. It is thirty-six. Okay, yeah. all right. <laughs> uh, you guys are tied here. Uh, oh with wow! So tiebreaker, the terminal.
0: Ooh. Hmm. This could go a couple ways.
2: Hmm. I'm gonna
0: say sixty-five. Okay, Zachy.
1: Fifty-five. Aaron, you get this one. It's sixty one percent. Oh, Okay. Wow. wow. So over. there you go for the terminal here. And just for funsies, uh how much do you guys think DaVinci Code made US domestic in domestic? its
0: credit? Yeah. Oh domestic, it's like oh what is it? I think okay. it might be it might even be three. Uh, because I know it was like it was like the second biggest film of the year or something like that.
2: But... It was like two twenty five. That's what I'm gonna. Because like, cause like, Pirates,
0: saying? Pirates Dead Man's Chest was the biggest that year. So this was like something high. have a number Aaron. Oh, I'll, hmm, I'll say like two ninety five. Two seventeen, Zachy,
2: you okay, got that one. Right. Hey. But
1: worldwide, worldwide seven fifty eight.
2: Yeah, worldwide's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why you, you can make see why making these. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, Angels and Demons. Angels is it, It's like one something domestic, like one sixty or something like
2: that. Okay. Do you have something, Zachy? I want to say it was like one twenty five or one forty five. One
1: thirty three. Yeah, pretty <laughs> good, Zachy. Yeah. Worldwide four
0: eighty five. Yeah, but it still yeah. made that world overseas. But and that's before yeah. overseas was like even bigger. So it's, so right. Da Vinci Code, especially that's like that's huge. That's, I was surprised to see. Worldwide 758 for Da Vinci Code. I mean, that's well, that a book was of... like a worldwide phenomenon. Like that was a thing back in 2006. Like, you know, what else was...
1: was a worldwide phenomenon. I was thinking of those. What uh, are those teenage lovers who were wolves and uh, vampires? Twilight? Twilight. Yes, that thing. So book sales don't really indicate great movies. Is my point.
2: <laughs> this is true.
1: In any case, I, I didn't say anything, uh, or, 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 or anything I know. Great I know. Movies, okay. I'm just saying, like the, the book sales on Dan Brown movies. Good job, Dan Brown, for making a lot of movie, but they DI. Right.
0: Anyway, that was games. All right. Thank you. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Uh, let's move on now to Out Now Presents What's Out Now. These movies that are coming out on Blu ray or DVD this week. And I got a few things here. First up, Star Trek Beyond. I liked it.
2: Man, I love this movie. There
0: you go. It was another Star Trek. That's, that was my <laughs> response. <laughs> Aaron's not huge on the franchise.
2: Oh, Aaron.
0: <laughs> uh, Bad Moms comes out this week didn't
2: see it. Me either.
0: It doesn't do much. Like it, Okay. It, it, like, it has a premise, and it doesn't really follow through with it, which is whatever. Is
1: anybody shining in it?
0: Uh, Catherine Hahn's good in it. Like, she's funny. But she's yeah, funny it's in Good
1: everything. to hear. By the way, I finished uh, Transparency. Catherine Hun, probably one of my favorite characters in that series.
0: He's very good dramatically in that series. Yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah. There's a lot of good performances in that series, and that hilarious comedy that wins all those comedy awards. <laughs> <laughs> the uh that you know that that uh that tom Hanks snl that there's a lot of good skits in that one but there is one that like like spoofs the idea of like comedy series like transparent where like it, it has like it's a did you did you guys see you know what i'm talking about which one? Which which sketch? It's like a tape sketch where they do like this commercial for a new CBS comedy that's trying to catch up with Netflix and other series. Oh, I didn't where, see it. Where like it, the the joke is that like everything happening is like super dramatic, but it's still billed as a comedy. And it, because it's on CBS, it, like the CBS thing makes it even bigger of a joke. Because <laughs> I of, like, did see that. Yeah, it's a really like enthusiastic announcer playing up all these intensely dramatic scenarios, but still It's calls really it funny a comedy, which. And I get it, because, like, Transparent, it's not, like, hilarious. Like, it, there's humor in it, but it's like, this is really right on the line of what we're calling a comedy here. If We're going to win Golden Globes and whatnot for comedy. Like, so. I
1: mean, hey, man, The Martian won for Best Comedy, so.
0: Well, The Martian is, you know, I, I told you, Dave, I, the extended edition. <laughs> it adds in all those musical numbers. It adds in that scene where Matt Damon's standing in front of a brick wall and she's telling out jokes to nothing. It's great. Does the Blu-ray also have the uh, the live audience version where they're laughing? Oh yeah, laughing it has the out. laugh track that they took out of Sports Night and put onto The Martian. That was like season season one of Sports Night, right? That's a that's a deep <laughs> joke cut, right
1: there. That is a deep but, cut. You know, you
2: know what's interesting about Sports Night, by the way? I just found this out. The a first great show, season, by the
1: way. Yeah. F-
2: the first season was not was shot in front of an audience. That's real yeah. laughter. Oh, it was. I had no idea. I didn't
1: know that. No.
0: Yeah. I thought they I pumped that- it through. The, so the, first the first season was. I knew the first season was, and then they like slowly took it out over the second season. Like they. Well, they the, so slowly... the
2: second season was single camera. The first season was multi camera, but they yeah. they shot it in such a way to disguise it, which I had no idea about until like two weeks ago.
0: That's such a like because that show it's you know it's very good. I agree, Abe. I think because you know you've got Sorkin yeah. dialogue running wild in a in a comedy, but it's so like. It's in that same, similar, like something like Sopranos, where it's in that yeah. like early era of like TV's changing, and we're trying to adjust accordingly of how exactly. to do right. these types of things. Um, I'd also like to add fight, that fight it's on only like
1: yeah, it's only like two seasons long, and I think that that was uh, to to its
0: benefit. I mean, I got d- the whole series; I have it on blue DVD. It's a good no, series.
1: yeah, I series I enjoy because even though I think they might have wanted to go for longer, I'm glad that it was only you know a short run. Because I totally agree. It might have gone really off the rails at some point or something like
0: that. Uh, next up, uh, Batman: colon, Return of the Caped Crusaders. This is the latest DC animated uh, Batman film, which start which re which stars Adam West and Burt Ward. So it's a it's a '60s Batman style uh, DC movie, which I want to see. I'm excited to check this one out, actually. Me too. Me too. Uh, next up is Anthropoid. I saw this movie over the summer. It's a World War II drama with Killian Murphy and Jamie Dornan. Did you see this one, Zachy?
2: I haven't. I haven't even heard of it to be honest. It's um, uh,
0: it's okay. Like it's about a true story involving uh, the the Nazi president in Czechoslovakia, and there's a famous uh, siege that takes place, which makes up like the back half of the film, following an assassination attempt on a high-ranking German Nazi officer, and uh, there's some good stuff in it. Um, but it's it's worthwhile for the the last act because the last <laughs> act's pretty great. But it uh <laughs> takes its time to get what it's doing. It, it feels a lot like remember Valkyrie. It's yes. kind of it has kind yeah. of a it has a similar mood to Valkyrie as far as like people that have to face like an inevitable end but like have a somewhat thrilling time getting there. So yeah. perhaps, gotcha if that makes you know, sense. Like, you're yeah. not liked
1: about Valkyrie too. That that I, I think a lot of movies should maybe take a chance on is uh, in the beginning the the cast is speaking German and then you transition into English because. You're just supposed to basically realize that these guys are speaking German.
0: Well, that yeah, that's what Jack but, Ryan movies used to do. That's what the that's oh what Cle- did that? that's what that's for Hunt for Red October. Hunt for Red October, did. October that's did that, me, yeah. That's what Clear and Present Danger yeah. did, where there's like characters are speaking and and then it like zooms in and zooms back out again. So it's like you get the th- So basically, so Sean Connery doesn't have to do an accent the whole movie. That was exactly, a, yeah. Or or any other actor, they don't any, have to yeah.
1: do like uh, they don't have to oh, yeah. uh, you know speak poorly in a different language. It's just kind of understood that no, or, they're still speaking. German or whatever language they're speaking. Or or have they don't want to write subtitles for us? Or have an
0: accent that makes no sense if they're speaking in a German accent, but are supposed to be just not speaking English to begin with? Like I, right? Right. That approach makes so much more sense to me. I'm not sure why movies don't do that more often. As far as like, all right, yeah, we're just supposed to. You you have an accent for some reason when you just shouldn't be speaking this language to begin with. But okay. Yo, no say (laughs) Uh, next up, speaking of Kevin Spacey, Nine Lives is out this week, guys. (laughs) Thank goodness. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Our long national uh, nightmare is over. We can watch exactly, it Exactly, you might
1: get a screener for it. You
0: never know.
2: Uh, fingers crossed. From your mouth <laughs> to God's ears.
0: The award screeners are coming, so we'll see. Nine lives coming up. Uh, speaking of things that no one bothered with, The Sea of Trees, that Gus Van Sant movie that like got lots of bad reviews at Cannes a couple years ago, starring Matthew McConaughey and Ken Watanabe, that's now on Blu-ray. So, uh, yeah, that's a thing.
1: I didn't even know that the movie existed. It's a
0: movie... So there was that movie, The Forest, that horror movie that came out. This is like the there is, it's, ba- it's based it's based on this it's like a this, horror this, movie. This, no, no, but the, but it's uh-huh. they're based around the same they're based around the sea, the same forest where like there's uh-huh. a forest by Mount Fuji in Japan where people commit suicide, and the forest was like you know a playoff that for you know spookifying, <laughs> but uh, this one's more of like a drama involving Matthew McConaughey going into that forest. That's all I really know about it, and that it's supposed to not be very good. But I mean, we'll see. Maybe it will pop up on Netflix at some point. I'll be like, "Oh, that's that movie." Speaking of horrible things, Dan Radcliffe started Imperium, um, that's now on Blu-ray. This is where he plays a uh, a a uh, skinhead, that's the undercover Cop under, yeah. undercover skinhead, yeah. Glad to see Harry Potter's branching out. It's good to know that you know. Between Swiss Army Man you know and now, you know. in Neo-Nazi, right. he's really uh, making a, making a name for himself this year. He's he's going the Gosling route. What did Gosling have to break out of? Oh, say so he also did a neo-Nazi movie, so... Oh, yeah, it was uh, The yeah. Believer. Yes,
1: yes. Yeah, that
0: yeah. yeah, that one. Yeah, okay. Uh, lastly, Outlander Season 2 and Hell on Wheels Season 5 Volume 2, which I think is the final set, basically the final time i ever have to say Hell on Wheels in an Out Now to what's out now episode. <laughs> I feel like I've said that every single time. It's I'm surprised of that's right. been on for five seasons. Yeah, they're ahead of falling. So there you go. I mean, yeah, good for them, good for them. Uh, last thing, to, or not last thing, uh, next up here, extremely cool. These movies that are now streaming on Netflix that I can uh, recommend in some way. We talked about Black Mirror last week. I, I just want to continue saying that Black Mirror is now on Netflix. Again, This the latest season of that uh, very twisted uh, Twilight Zone-like series. If you have not caught up on that one, that is a... Doesn't that animated. have uh, Toby rock and roll again? Toby Kebbles in the first season of Black Mirror. Oh, yeah. it's not uh, the same cast. But it's an anthology series. Every episode is different. Gotcha. Yeah, but it's a, it's a good one to catch up on. I, I watched the first episode of this season so far, which has Bryce Dallas Howard, and it's directed by Joe Wright, who we both like, except for Pan.
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> I had high hopes for that. I mean, he had a good Nirvana song uh, sequence.
0: But, um, no, it's a, it's a solid start so far, and I know uh, director uh, Dan Trachtenberg, who did 10 Cloverfield Lane, he has an episode on this one that I'm looking forward to watching as well. And what else? Uh, Ravenous is on Netflix now, and I'm always happy to see Ravenous around for people to catch up on. The, the, the Cannibal movie? The Cannibal movie with Guy Pearce oh and my God. Robert Carlyle. That's a deep
2: cut yeah. right there.
0: I talked about that one on uh, Brandon Peters' friend of the show, uh, Colt Cinema Cavalcade podcast. Um, it's a, you know, it is it is still horror season. so if you want to catch up on, He really was licking whatever, me!
2: That's what I remember it, from it, that. It, it's a good one. Jeremy Davies. Yep. It's
0: a great cast in that movie. Um. What else? The Fall Season 3 is now on Netflix, if you're a fan of that series, of uh, Gillian Anderson. uh, Let's see. The I saw The Doors is now on Netflix. If you wanted to get a good Oliver Stone movie this year, that'd be a, a nice way to go. <laughs> what are you talking about? I mean, you had a decent... No, it wasn't very good. No, it wasn't. <laughs> and, and I also saw The African Queen is on Netflix. I really wanted to mix things up this week when I saw what was on Netflix now, but these these things all just made their debut on Netflix streaming, so there you go. Uh, let's see. Next week's show. Next week we're talking Doctor Strange. Woo Getting strange next week. That's the, that's the plan. And uh, yeah, that's what we're doing then. I'm gonna uh, have my thing.
1: eye makeup on,
0: and I'm also gonna have like really bushy eyebrows on during the show. So, you that's know, your Benedict Watch costume. You know. <laughs> my Benedict costume. <laughs> <won. laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, last thing we do here. What should people go and see now, and what do you plan to see next? Zaki Hassan, What do you? What should people go and see in theaters right now?
2: Ah, uh, well, uh, I. Does Lala La Land open this week or next week? When does it open? No, not until December. Does it really? I thought it opened up in December. <laughs> oh, okay, never mind. Well, when you it comes to out, you might time. get to see it
1: early because you're a professional.
2: I, I and I have no concept of when that comes out. Um, coming out this week, I, I would say trolls, but uh, like I said earlier, just by the by the album. <laughs> what do you see next? Uh, Doctor Strange uh, uh, earlier this week. Yeah, and then I'm seeing um, Edge of Seventeen also.
0: Hey, what should people see in theaters right now? If you can catch it, you should definitely check out Hell or High Water. Uh, I recommend. I still, it's playing still. I still see it like in random theaters. It's still out there. So
1: yeah, I'm glad. I mean, again, I think it's a solid movie. It's very grounded. Uh, and then next, Doctor Strange. I uh,
0: I would, I want to recommend Deepwater Horizon because I feel like that movie should have done better than it's doing, it's quite good. I really liked uh, Deepwater Horizon. I say the same about Ouija. I think Ouija is quite good, too. Or, or the, oh, yeah. I forgot about that. The Ouija prequel. Yeah. It's, a, it's quite, quite solid for a horror movie. And, and you and, mentioned uh, that you don't need to see the first one to see this you know, one. No. Actually, it would probably help you if you didn't see the first one. So And uh, Moonlight. If you can find Moonlight, that's uh, really good, too.
1: Oh, snap. That's right. That is out.
0: Yeah. 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 And, yeah, next uh, I'll be seeing Doctor Strange. It's next on
1: the docket. Are, are you guys seeing Doctor Strange? Uh, are you guys going to try and catch it in IMAX? Or is it going to
2: IMAX?
0: Okay. It's an. They're all Marvel movies come out in IMAX. Save come on. Yeah. Know, but, uh, <laughs> and 3D. Are you guys gonna try and yes. see the 3D? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I, the the movie's really trying to sell itself on how good its 3D is, and I've heard those things. So you know, as far as being confirmed that the 3D is worthwhile, um, so yeah, I, I don't feel obligated to do so this time around. I'd be like, oh, this seems like a, a worthwhile endeavor to go in that format. Okay. Uh, we'll we'll talk about that next week if whether or not it was worthwhile to do so. But uh,
1: yeah, I, well, I'm I'm just saying like I might have to watch it like three times.
0: You can watch it the first time in 3D as opposed to watching the movie once and then seeing it again, expecting something completely different, like you did with Ghostbusters. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was expecting Ghostbusters 3D to be pretty amazing. Uh, but in any case, no, I was just thinking, well, probably IMAX in 3D, and then probably once in flat, uh, just 2D at a regular theater.
0: You really plan to spend a lot of money on Doctor Strange this week.
1: I'm just, you know, Marvel has me a lot of checks to give them good reviews, so what can I say?
0: <laughs> at least you're open and honest about it.
1: No, I'm not <laughs> Those getting...
0: Marvel checks that we, that we all I
1: get. do this as a giant hobby. I have no online presence for movies.
0: <laughs> all right, well, with all that out of the way, that's going to do it for this week's episode about Now there and and Abe. You can find more of my work at my personal blog, DakotaZeke.com. You can find all my written movie reviews over there. As well as uh, over on com, You can also find me writing daily at screenrant.com and I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff over at twitter.com slash walrusmoose
1: or Instagram, Oakley Dokley. Uh, and also Aaron's blog, Aaron's PS4. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, the go to Zeke.com where he might mention my name every so often.
0: Zach is on. Where can people find more of your work online?
2: Uh, um, well, you can find me at my blog, zackyscorner.com, that's Z-A-K-I-S corner. I'm also at the Huffington Post where my movie reviews go up regularly, as does the movie film podcast and the nostalgia theater podcast. And I also write for fandor.com and um, com occasionally. But uh, best way to find me is on Twitter, at zackyscorner, again, that's Z-A-K-I-S corner. That's also my Instagram handle.
1: And you've also got a, a blue check box now, or uh, I, you have a verified account.
2: I am verified. I I did not exist before last week, but I do now. So that's a big relief. (laughs) Twitter has said I'm real.
0: Who's the latest guest on the Nostalgia Film Podcast?
2: So the latest episode just dropped this past week, and I talked to Terry S. Erdman, uh, Terry J. Erdman, excuse me, and Paul S. Block, who co-wrote a book about uh, Labyrinth, celebrating the 30th anniversary of that film. So we talk about the whole making of, and uh, they talk to basically everybody involved in the film. I mean, unfortunately, except for David Bowie and Jim Henson, but basically everyone who uh, was involved in the film, who's still around, they were able to talk to. And it's a a fantastic book, and I, I really enjoyed. the interview so very cool well,
1: yeah zachy i've got a question for you uh yes yeah. uh how tall is joel edgerton
2: how tall is you, he? you have a photo with them i i have, I have two i have a series of stuff. oh you have two so, okay yeah i've, I've met him <laughs> twice now uh he's uh, he's he's uh, uh i don't know looks uh looks, just,
1: just curious just curious like I, no I, real no real rhyme or reason to this question just so i was curious because like i remember that you had a photo and i was like you know he fought tom
0: hardy so He's That's he's
2: true. a little bit taller than me, and I'm like five eight. He's probably okay. it says five, five, five
0: eleven. Five
2: eleven. Let's say
0: five eleven.
1: There you go. Just yeah. curious. I want to I want to plug your Joel Hirderton. So
2: and he can I just tell you seriously, the, the, one one of the nicest guys uh, I've gotten to meet him twice in in this year and last year, and he's just he's just super super cool, just super laid back. It's just a, a fantastic interview every single time. Oh, cool. very cool. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. You can find more, you can find all the other episodes about Now name over on iTunes as well as on Audio Boom. Listen to our old, old episodes over Podomatic, HHWDLOD, and also SoundCloud. Feel free to email us your thoughts on anything we talked about this week as well as getting in your, you know, your favorite uh, horror films from the various genres we talked about over at Podcast at com.
1: Yeah, or you can ask
0: us questions or answer
1: our questions or post anything silly on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash OutNowPodcast, or you can tweet us at twitter.com slash OutNow underscore podcast.
0: And if you have any questions, feel free to post any David uh, Pumpkins uh, gifts over at on that podcast <laughs> at com.
1: I think it's David S. Pumpkins. <laughs> Sorry, forgot that yeah, <laughs> he
0: has a middle initial now. Uh, Zachy, thank you for joining us this evening. Thank
2: you, Zachy. Thank, thanks again for having me. Always a pleasure, boy. Yeah,
0: for sure. And until next time when we get strange up in here, that's going to do it for this week's episode. So until then, <laughs> so long.
1: And goodbye.
2: Tom Hanks, Dante, 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 (laughs) Dante.
0: Wait, you created a plague. These levels have been rearranged.